So, you're feeling tense and you haven't slept in weeks? Yeah, doctor, I think it's the stress in my life. I'm 37 years old, I still don't have a girlfriend, I'm about to lose my job, and my car is starting to make this hickog, hickog, hickog noise. I feel like my life is out of control. I don't know what to do. Well, there are two options. One is pills and sticking you with needles. Acupuncture? No, just pills and sticking you with needles. Will that help? For the problems you're dealing with? No. Oh, and the other option is? You can trust God to take care of you. Your problems won't simply disappear just because you've chosen to follow Christ. In fact, it can cause its own set of challenges. But when you choose worry, it becomes an issue of who you trust, yourself or God. When you have Jesus in your life in the place where he needs to be, you won't have to worry about those kinds of things. Because then all those things, those necessities, those things that you and I need on a day-to-day basis will be in his hands. Welcome to Simple Truths for Life with Charles Tapp. Here, we hope you'll find answers to some of life's everyday struggles. You can learn more by visiting simpletruthsforlife.org. Everyone experiences difficulty. It'll always exist. And today, Charles Tapp shares how to overcome feelings of doubt and fear and learn to place your complete trust in God. As he shares his message, an enemy at the gate. The enemy at the gate. Let's go back to our scripture reading that was read earlier in 1 Peter chapter 5. And I want to take a look again at verses 6 to verse 9. 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 6 to verse 9. Let's look at what the Word of God says. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Casting what? All your care upon him, for he cares for whom? He cares for you. You can put your name right there. God cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. The apostle Peter spoke these words of of hope and encouragement to the early believers in Asia Minor around 63, 64 AD. And these Jewish believers were, during this time, experiencing some very severe persecution, not because they were doing anything wrong, but they were being persecuted because they were doing something right. And what were they doing right? They were faithfully living out their lives to a risen and crucified Savior. You see, these men and women weren't simply being inconvenienced for their faith, as many of us are today from time to time, but they were being called to endure the most severe punishment imaginable, and endure it they did. Whether it was being put to the stake or whether it's being called into Nero's circus in his amphitheater where they were torn to shreds 
by lions. They did so with tremendous grace and with tremendous humility. And when you compare the quote-unquote inconveniences that many of us face for our faith today, it makes what we go through pale in comparison to the horrors that these believers faced on a daily basis simply because they wanted to live their lives according to what they believed. They were crucified, they were persecuted simply because they made the decision to live a life that was pleasing to God. That's why the Apostle Paul said in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 12 that all who live what kind of life? A godly life. Not might, not may, but if you live a godly life in Christ Jesus, you will be persecuted. We think that somehow because we live in the United States that we are safe. The inconveniences that you and I deal with because of our faith are minor compared to what many people around the world are dealing with. But let me just share this little tidbit with you. There will come a time in these United States where you will be persecuted with all kinds of horrors simply because you have made a conscious decision to live your life according to thus saith the Lord. The signs are everywhere. People are being persecuted, maybe not physically as they are in other parts of the world, but there are all kinds of persecution that God's people, and maybe that's the key. You experience this kind of persecution if you're living the godly life. And there's a difference between living the godly life and talking about living the godly life. Amen? There's a difference between standing up for what you believe and putting a bumper sticker on your car that says honk if you love Jesus. You don't get persecuted for stuff like that. But there's going to come a time where you and I are going to be persecuted simply because we want to be in this sanctuary in God's house on this day. There's going to come a time when people who really want to stand up for God in this country will experience many of the other kinds of atrocities that people have been experiencing for years all over the world. But here's the problem. In this country, our Christianity has been infected by this prosperity gospel. It'll all be all right. Just give an offering to the Lord. Everything's going to be good. That has infected the culture. God never promised that everything was going to be good for the child of God. That is a lie from the very pits of hell. What the Bible does say is that all who choose to live godly, not talk godly, but all who choose to live godly will one day experience all kinds of persecution. Because here's what reality is. That when you accept the call to faithfully follow Christ, it does not mean that at that moment you will begin to experience a life full of ease 
and comfort. But many times it calls us to endure some of the most severest hardships imaginable. And believe me when I tell you, dear friends, that persecution in this country of that nature, it is just on the horizon. That is for those who live faithfully, those who live consistently to God and his word. The reason why this is so important is because there are many well-meaning believers today who beat themselves up because they doubt and they experience bouts of doubt and because they experience bouts of fear and because they worry. Pastor, how can I be a, a Christian if I'm worrying? Here's a newsflash for you. Experiencing these kinds of moments, listen to me, it doesn't mean you're not a Christian. What it does mean is that you're human. And if you're human, even if you're a Christian, there will be times you doubt God. There will be times you will have bouts of anxiety in your life. Christianity doesn't move that out of the way. Christianity helps you to deal with your doubts. It helps you to deal with your fears, amen? And that's the key that Peter was bringing out here. He says, listen, cast all your cares upon God. And I love that word cares. It means anxiety. It means worry. And the original Greek language, it meant rather to tear apart. And how many of you know that if you're not careful, the cares of this life will tear you apart? I'm not talking about worrying about things that really don't matter. I'm talking about worrying about those things in life that we deal with on a day-to-day basis. And whatever tears you apart emotionally will begin to tear you apart what? Physically. Whenever I give premarital counseling, there's a section I deal with on communication. And I share with the couple that there are two types of people in a marriage. There are people who I call outies and people who I call innies. You look at me like, what in the world is he talking about? The outies are those kinds of people. They express themselves outwardly, externally. Those are your sanguines. They just bubbly about everything. Oh, life is life. <laughs> then you've got the innies. You don't know what's going on with an any. You know why? Because they're taking everything and they're putting it inside. Their whole world could be falling apart and you ask them, how you doing? Oh, everything's all right. Pray for me, just making it by God's grace. God is good. But let me tell you something. Sometimes it's good being an Audi. Those are the people who shout. Those are the people who pound their fists. Those are the people who scream. You know why that's good sometimes? Because you get it out. And all the outies are going, amen. And all the innies are going, uh-uh. They're going, Pastor, you don't understand. I'm married to an outie and I'm an innie. But the problem is the innies hold everything inside. And what impacts you emotionally will impact you physically And some of us worry, we have so much anxiety, we've got cardiac issues, all kinds of ulcers, and we can't sleep at night. I read a recent study that 
talked about the lack of sleep in America. And the study said that the reason why many of us don't sleep at night is because of the worry and anxiety that we have. Then I read even further, and the study said that the people who worry the most fall between the age range of 35 to 55. At first, that didn't make sense to me. But the more and more I thought about it, it makes all the sense in the world. And I'm right at the end of that. I'm 55, about to be 56. I know I don't look like it. Amen. Praise God. (laughs) It makes sense to me. You know why? Because the young people, they don't have anything to worry about. Look on their Facebook pages under the hobbies. My hobby is music, playing video games, sleeping. I'm not making this stuff up. Some of you who have teenagers, you know I'm telling you the truth. Your teenager can fall asleep like that. And they stay asleep till the next morning. And if you didn't wake them up, they would still be asleep. But those people who fall in the 35 to 55 range, we're the ones who stay awake. We're the ones who are worried about everything. We replay all the events of the day. We even reach into tomorrow and grab stuff and bring it in today. All the 35 to 55 folk are going, yeah, Pastor, I'm right there with you. Look at this, look at this saying, this quote by Corey Ten Boone. Some of you may be familiar with her. She and her family helped many of the Jews in World War II escape some of the Nazi atrocities. Look at what it says. Worrying is carrying tomorrow's load with today's strength. Which means when you worry, and I worry, we're carrying two days at once. It is moving into tomorrow ahead of time. Wow, I wish I had said that. Worrying doesn't empty tomorrow of its sorrow. It empties today of its what? of its strength. That's why God's word admonishes us to cast all of our cares. And that word cast means to deposit. Deposit all of our cares, all of those things that cause us worry and anxiety. And Jesus understood the power that worry and anxiety would have in our lives. And that's why in Matthew 6, verse 25, he says, listen, take no thought when it comes to tomorrow, when it comes to your life, when it comes to what you eat, when it comes to what you drink, when it comes to what you wear. He wasn't saying don't be concerned about it. He wasn't saying don't plan ahead of time. What Jesus is saying is simply this. Listen, don't allow yourself to be so consumed with worrying about those things. Verse 23, he basically says, listen, seek you first the kingdom. And talking about a kingdom, he's not talking about a place, but Jesus is talking about the place he wants to have in our lives. Do you get it? When you have Jesus in your life in the place where he needs to be, you won't have to worry about those kinds of things because then all those things, those necessities, those things that you and I need on a day-to-day basis will be in his hands. 
You're listening to Simple Truths for Life with Charles Tapp and his message, An Enemy at the Gate. And if you're enjoying this message or you'd like to find others like it, you can find out more by visiting simpletruthsforlife.org. We'll conclude with the rest of his message right after this. I'm going to take a moment and just recommend that you breathe. Now, there are all kinds of breathing techniques that you can use. One is count to 10, you know, breathing in, count to 10, breathing out, kind of hold it in the middle, you know, breathing in His grace and breathing out His praise. Whatever you choose, breath is really important. And this time of year, you know, you may have a cold or you may have the flu and it's restricting your breathing. So you know just how important that is. God has given you that breath. In Acts, Paul wrote this, the God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by hands and he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything because he himself gives all men life and breath and everything else and so take a moment and take a deep breath and stay encouraged to get more encouraging content go to wgts919.com this is simple truths for life and worry it can sometimes get the best of us causing us to lose sleep and create unnecessary stress. Today, Charles Tapp reveals how to overcome these feelings and learn to place your trust in God. As he continues with the rest of his message, an enemy at the gate. When you have Jesus in your life in the place where he needs to be, you won't have to worry about those kinds of things because then all those things, those necessities, those things that you and I need on a day-to-day basis will be in his hands. But for some reason, despite all the counsel in God's word for us not to worry, we still worry. Some of us worry about those things that will happen. We know taxes and paying taxes, April 15th, that will happen. But what I've discovered, and I'm sure you know this to be true as well, most of the things that that you and I worry about never happen. Most of the things that that drive us crazy, that keep us awake at night, never, ever come to fruition. But that's why Peter says, cast all of those things, those things that you know will happen and those things that may never happen, cast all of those things into God's hand. The Apostle Paul said it this way in Philippians 4, 6. He says, be careful for nothing, but through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And here's the thing I want God's people to understand today. Here's what the Apostle Paul was saying, and here's what Peter is saying as well. That when it comes to this thing called prayer, prayer is more than you and I going to God to try to get our needs met. The essence of prayer is this, recognizing the sovereignty of God. And by the sovereignty of God, in essence, we're talking about recognizing, listen, that God is in control. That nothing catches God off guard. Nothing catches God by surprise. And Peter says, cast all of your issues into God's hand because nothing has caught him off guard and it never, ever 
well. But the question that remains for us today is why do we as Christians, I'm not talking about those who don't profess a relationship with God. I'm talking about those who are living the godly life. Why is it that for some reason we want to hold on to our cares? I've come up with two reasons. You may have more, but here are my two. Number one, we don't trust God to do what's best. Or we may not like the best that God chooses. Because everything that God knows is best for us, we may not like it. I told you years ago, I hate the vegetable okra. Now, having said that, I know what all of you are thinking. Don't come to me after church, but pastor, you've never had it fixed the way I fix it. Don't bring me okra next week, okay? Okra is one of the best vegetables you can eat. Amen? But I will never eat it. We don't always like what's best for us. That's why I said earlier, sometimes we need to stop asking our children what they want and give them what we know is best. Here's the second reason why I believe most of us, many of us, hold on to our cares. is because we love misery. There are people who love to be miserable because they feel as though they're contributing something to the process. You see them all the time. How you doing? When I was a young person in high school, my girlfriend broke up with me. I know you find that hard to believe. She broke up with me. So you know what I did? I went into my room, closed the door, locked it, turned off all the lights, and put on sad love songs. I wanted to be miserable. I didn't want to hear songs like happy. No, I didn't want to hear that. I wanted to be miserable. By holding on to your care and anxiety, you're telling God that you're not the wise, omnipotent, omniscient being that you say you are. Number two, when we do it, it denies God's love for us. Thirdly, it denies the power of God. So when you and I choose to hold on to our cares, to hold on to our worries, we're saying to God, listen, you aren't able to handle my situation. And the reason why this is so dangerous, dear friends, is because it opens up the door for the attacks of the enemy. And this is what I never really fully grasped before when reading 1 Peter chapter 5. It ends with verse 7 saying, cast all your cares upon God because he cares for you. And then verse 8 says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, goes around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. I thought those were two separate issues. They're not. Here's what Peter is saying. That when you and I refuse to give God the cares, the anxieties that are in our lives and deposit them into his hands, we open the gate for the enemy to come in and attack. Because what it does, it makes us resentful. It makes us doubt God. And there are people today who are doubting God. I'm not talking about doubting that God will answer a prayer. 
There are many Christians today, even some Christian institutions, that are doubting their very existence of God. And when you and I open that gate of doubt, open that gate for the enemy to come in, that's exactly what he does. And he comes in and he's attacked because doubt, anxiety, and worry opens the gate for the enemy to come in. How many of you know I love gardening? I don't just like gardening. I love gardening. And I garden like a man. I get out in the dirt. One day I was in my garden. That's where I worship God. I worship God in my garden. I worship in the dirt. I'm down there weeding stuff, just pulling stuff out. Got my little spade. I'm digging, putting my fertilizer in, taking my rake and smoothing it out, you know, standing back and looking at it, then getting back down on my knees. You ever get this feeling somebody's watching you? I felt that something or someone was watching me. So I turned to my right to see my neighbor's dog. My neighbor's dog was about a foot away from me. Now, let me just put this in his context. He was not a little puppy. He wasn't a... He was... And I turned and looked at him. And he went into attack mode. He said... Here I was on my hands and my knees. And I'm saying, oh my God. Is this the end? Is this the way I go out? <laughs> Seventh-day Adventist pastor attacked by a dog. Details are 10. And I'm looking at him and I'm saying to myself, if I jump up, Larry, he's got me. So Kay, I decided to just stay in the dirt. He was going, ah, and stuff was just oozing down his mouth. And I turned and I looked at him and I went, ah, he went, hey, 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 hey. Our neighbors had left the gate open. And he saw that as an opportunity to attack. And by being on my hands and knees, stay with me, I thought that was a vulnerable position to be in. But what I discovered was when the enemy attacks, that's the best position to be in. Amen? And that's what Peter was saying when he said, cast all of your cares. He's saying, give them to God. Why? Because God cares for you. God is sovereign. And God is going to do what's best. Why? Because God is sovereign. That's the lesson God has been teaching me over the last year or so. It's not that God's going to answer every prayer the way I want it answered and give me everything that I want. The lesson God is teaching me through prayer is that he is sovereign, that he is in charge. So what I need to do is place my concerns, my worries, my anxiety into the hand of somebody who is in charge. Oh, and by the way, he cares for me. 
Because when you and I allow our anxiety and our doubt and our fear to fester, it opens up the gate for the enemy to come in and to attack. And that's exactly what he does. But here's the clincher. God never asked us to defeat the enemy because he's already defeated. What he did ask is for us to resist the enemy. How do we resist him? By casting all of our cares, all of our doubts, all of our worries into the hands of a sovereign God who will always do what is best. That's what true prayer is all about. Not God fixing everything but by God placing us in a position where we can handle the issues of this life, the cares of this world, by putting them in capable hands. And as Peter said, depositing them into God's hands. Our job is not to defeat him, it's to resist him. You've been listening to Simple Truths for Life with Charles Tapp and his message, An Enemy at the Gate. And if you want to listen again or share it with someone, you can find these messages on platforms like Apple Podcasts and now also on Spotify. Or visit us online at simpletruthsforlife.org. Now here's what we're working on for next week. How many of you have ever heard someone say, I just thank God that I've lost my job. I don't know how I'm going to make it to next week and pay my bills. That would be ridiculous. Next week, you'll want to plan on listening again as Charles Tapp shares a special message in this series that will help you live a life full of gratitude with his message, the gospel of thanksgiving. Well, thanks for listening, and we hope you'll plan to join us again next week for more Simple Truths for Life. 